Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Retirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Do you lay awake at night wondering if you have enough money to pay the bills, let alone retire? In this show, your vision will be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals businesses, and families over the past 20-plus years, and I'm proud to say I've never lost a dime of my clients' money. I will share with you secrets I've learned over two decades that only the few rich know and really have been around for centuries. And it's really been my pleasure to, to reach out to a bunch of experts all over to be able to share lots of fantastic content with you on how to recreate yourself and live in pre-retirement, which is plan retirement early so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. You know, when you do start getting that income, Will will share with you some really great ways that you can become unstoppable, which reminds me of my wonderful guest today, Cynthia Kersey. She's the best-selling author of the two books, Unstoppable and Unstoppable Woman, a speaker, an entrepreneur, national columnist, teen coach, and chief humanitarian officer of her nonprofit foundation, whose focus is to ensure that every child on the planet has access to the lifelong gift of education. Cynthia knows firsthand that giving is not only for good for business, it's good for the soul. In her powerful program, Unstoppable Giving, Cynthia has not only inspired individuals to give, but provides entrepreneurs with a practical action plan on how they can increase their bottom line and expand their business, create customer evangelists and become completely invigorated about their life and business by integrating generosity as a business philosophy. Cynthia embodies her message and has integrated giving and contribution into her life and business for well over a decade. Her foundation has helped to fund two secondary schools and 45 primary schools in three countries bringing education to over 5,500 children a day and bring clean water and sanitation, health care, and training to over 15,000 community members. Today, she's going to share with you how you can literally transform your life and your business through the power of contribution. Cynthia, it's an honor to have you on our show today. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. I think it, you're so inspiring, and I, like I, t- I told you when, when we had met, I, I want to grow up and be just like you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but thank you. <laughs> well, the, the giving, the, 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 you know, the, to me it's so inspiring that that's what inspires me to want to make money because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm quite content so yeah. it really is about sharing and giving and mm-hmm. and giving to children and this, so that's really what really where I'm headed to as I mm-hmm. as I my business business unfolds to to reach out and, and do the same thing you're doing maybe even join your organization. 
Hey, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really serious. So, mm. but why? Do you, maybe you could tell us what. How did you start on this journey of giving, and how did mm-hmm. it transform your life? Mm-hmm. Well, so you know, um, basically, I was uh, working at Sprint Communications and um, was a national account manager for Sprint Communications. I said that twice, and uh-huh. you know, like a lot of people, you know, I got to a certain level in my career. I, you know, I was making a strong six-figure income, I had a corner office, and yet I wasn't passionate about my life. And I started really getting clear on what is it that inspired me, and I always loved stories about unstoppable people. So even though I'd never written a book, I'd never written anything more than a college term paper in my entire life, I knew I didn't even know authors, I knew nothing about the business. Um, in 1996, I left my job, um, cashed in my entire life savings, quit, um, uh, you know, everything I was doing to write my first book, Unstoppable. So I'm living on purpose. I'm, um, uh, you know, inspired about interviewing, even though it was challenging, because, you know, when you're an unpublished author, you're, you know, nobody takes you seriously. So, right. you know, it was very challenging. And yet um, I get this book written and it's published. And 18 months after the book came out, my husband and I, our marriage of 20 years ended. And it was a huge turning point in my life because of my entire identity was one of being, you know, married and like that part's handled. So um, I got a, uh, one of my mentors that I got as a result of writing Unstoppable was Millard Fuller and I had interviewed him for the book. And um, he, I told him what had happened, and, and he said, you know, when you have a great pain in your life, you need a greater purpose. And so he had just gotten back from Nepal, and he said, you know, why don't you build a, a home for a family in need? And as I really thought about that, I thought, how many houses would I really need to build that would offset this great pain in my life? And when I came up with the number 100 that felt bigger than the pain of my life. And, you know, understand, that's, it was a crazy goal at that point because I'd never raised any money before. I'd never built one house. I didn't even know where Nepal was, much less, you know, make a commitment to raise $200,000. Um, but yet that purpose felt bigger than my pain. And so that year when I was out there speaking, I would talk about this Nepal project and that inspired me. I mean, literally, you talk about, you know, you're wanting to bring more meaning into your life and your business. It it transformed it, and it got me through the most challenging year of my life. And what was interesting is, you know, I, I ended up, that year I raised $200,000, and, um, you know, we went to Nepal. We helped build the first three of the 100 homes that were that were subsequently built, um, but what was interesting is that year I made more money than I'd ever made, even in corporate America. And it wasn't that wasn't my focus. And so I think, you know, it really demonstrates this the law of giving and receiving. It's like when you get in harmony with the law of giving, um, you attract all sorts of things into your life. I mean, 
besides that, it completely shifted my own, um, uh, you know, my attitude. And I mean, because, you know, I was grieving and I was having a really, uh, you know, going through a lot of change and transition. And the idea of being able to focus and think about something that was bigger than me and something that I could, even though I was living my purpose. Right, I was, you know, I quit my job, cashed in my entire life savings to live my purpose, and yet that wasn't bigger than my pain, and I needed to find something bigger than that, and it was really through through giving, and so that started me on a whole new traje- trajectory in my life. Right. Well, you know, I know you've done a lot of research on the power of giving. And you can see it written through all the scriptures everywhere. Yeah, right? tithing and giving, and and what it, what it, what have you discovered um, in your research? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I love that you mentioned that because you know the scriptures. Uh, it does say, "Give and it shall be given unto you," and it doesn't say, you know, wait until your life's working, or wait until you have enough money, or wait until your children graduate, or wait until your you know your book's done. <laughs> You know, (laughs) and how often do we think, oh, I'll give when? Right. And it's actually the reverse, because once you start giving, then everything, you know, everything starts getting into alignment to the the point of um, another uh, scripture, which says, uh, prove me now in this as you give. See if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour upon you such a blessing, you cannot even contain it. I love that scripture. Oh, that's so and what it's really true. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying yeah, it's so yeah. true. Yeah. You know, and really what it's saying is if you practice a regular flow of giving, you'll receive a good that's so great you cannot even contain it. So, for thousands and thousands of years, we, you know, spiritual teachers and philosophers have been speaking about the power of giving. But now we have all of this scientific research that proves the benefits of giving. And Stephen Post, the author of a book called Why Good Things Happen to Good People, he runs an institute dedicated to exploring the extraordinary power of giving. Isn't that cool to think there's an institute based on this? Yeah, that's exciting. I know. And he authored and conducted 50 studies in 44 major universities. And he was working with pioneering scientific research and um, in lots of different fields. And the studies were conclusive. Giving is the most potent force on the planet and impacts every single area of our lives. Yeah, and I'm right. sure that you've experienced that in your own life. Absolutely, and it and the more more I do it, the more I get blessed, and the more I want to do it. So it just it's perpetual. It is absolutely. Well, it makes you feel good, right? Which is one one of the benefits. Yeah. Um, it makes you feel great. Alan Lux yeah. called. He came up with a term called helpers high, and what they said is is 50 percent of people who actually helped or gave felt euphoric. You know, they actually felt high. And that is, I mean, it's so true. If you want to start feeling better, if you're sad or depressed, that you know, you can't be depressed and um, give and be of, uh, be of service. Um, Oprah tells a story that when she was building her new home, 
in Montecito, you know, she was noticing that her life started being kind of focused about herself and about the tile and the cabinets and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so she thought, you know, what can I do that would be of service to others? And she uh, decided that she wanted to go to South Africa and give away 50,000 gifts to 50,000 children. And that her initial goal was a million, but that just logistically wasn't possible. So she finds a place where, you know, a, a, an organization that's going to support her in this process. And, and these are children. They found children who had lost one or both of their parents to AIDS. And so for most of these children, they'd never received any gifts before. And she would line them up and they would come into a room and she'd give them this gift. And on the count of three, they'd open this gift. And she said the joy, you know, the the light in their eyes um, gave her a joy that she'd never experienced of everything that right. she'd ever done. It was the single most joyful day of her life. Absolutely. And I think that says a lot because, I mean, she has everything and Contrary to what many people believe, money is only weakly related to our happiness once our basic needs are met. Absolutely. And the, the, identif- the identification to what happiness hit has all been misled onto, you know, green paper. That's right. And it's fascinating to me how many millionaires I run into that tell me how once they got their million, they realized they weren't happy. Yeah, and then they started to become charitable and start reaching out and giving. So it really is that really is the way that it is. It is. It it absolutely is. And you know, I, you know, I mean, study after study demonstrates. I mean, and how many people do you know who are millionaires and or were born into a lot of money mm-hmm. and are depressed yep. and suicidal? And it's because yeah. they don't have something that's bigger than them that they feel that they can contribute and, and contribute Absolutely. to make it a difference. Um, which takes me to the next point, which is giving is good for our health. Now, uh, a study by Stephanie Brown of the University of Michigan, she did a study that demonstrated senior citizens who give aid and support to friends and neighbors actually live longer than those who just receive it. Mm. And it was consistent, again, around people who had AIDS or were living with multiple sclerosis. As a matter of fact, there are doctors now who are actually prescribing giving activities as a way to deal with any number of ailments. So can you imagine going into your health practitioner and, you know, saying, you know, you've got a headache or whatever, and they write you a prescription to go to a soup kitchen or to, you know, to do something in your community. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. And um, there's a great story that demonstrates how this can so powerfully impact our health and wellness. Cammie Walker was a woman who had everything going for her. She had a fulfilling career. She just got married to the love of her life. She had just come back from her honeymoon. And literally a week later, she woke up and her hands wouldn't work. Mm. 
And she went to the doctor, and after countless tests, a month after her honeymoon, she was diagnosed as having multiple sclerosis. And the next two years were filled with her being in and out of emergency rooms and hospitals. She's in constant pain. And as her condition continued to deteriorate, so did her hope of having any a happier productive life. And in she was in the hospital and she's depressed and a friend of hers came in to see her and she said, "You know, I know you're feeling a lot of pain. I know this is a really hard time for you and you've got to stop focusing on yourself so much." Yeah. Now, that would not be an easy thing to hear. And Cammie was outraged, and she said, you know, what are you talking about? I'm a wreck. My body's a wreck. I don't have any room to think about anything else except myself. And she said, her friend said, yeah, I I hear you, and that's part of the problem. Hmm. If you spend all of your time and your energy focusing on your pain, you're actually feeding it, making it worse. And she said, I have a prescription that I want you to follow. And she said, I want you to give away 29 gifts in 29 days. And Mabali said that the gifts could be anything from spare change to a phone call, uh, you know, a kind word, a deed, or a thought, or even a prayer. Mm -hmm. But she said the key thing was to give with an open heart without any expectation that you'll receive something in return and to reflect on the things that you're grateful for. And again, Cammie argued. She said, you know, that's the last thing I need to be doing, uh, taking care of others or giving to others when I need all my energy to focus on my own healing. And uh, the reality was, though, at the same time, Cammie's self-esteem was at an all-time low and she didn't feel like she had anything to give. And... She also felt like, what did she have to lose? You know, she didn't think that it would actually cause harm. So she agreed to do this 29 days of giving. And so day one came, and she thought, what am I going to give? And she thought about a friend who also was living with multiple sclerosis, and her friend's husband was out of town. So she thought, I'll just call her and, you know, just encourage her, say hello. Immediately, you know, in this phone call, Cammie's spirits begin to lift a little. Every day she started looking, how can she give to a friend, a family, even a stranger? In one week, she's feeling more positive about her life and her future. In two weeks, she's walking without her cane. And as the days progressed, you know, she started feeling better physically, emotionally, and spiritually. By day 29, she and her husband decided that they would do this grand finale and they would go on a mile hike. Now, understand, she couldn't go 500 feet, right, a month ago. Whoa. And they committed that they were going to do a mile hike. And she was able to complete it. And I think what's most compelling about this is, you know, is she still living with MS? Yes. But those 29 days changed her life. She's in significantly less physical and emotional pain. And she went really from being hopeless to just 29 days 
later doing a hike and feeling optimistic and enthusiastic about her life. And that's the power of what we're talking about. Right. That is, that is so awesome. What a great story. I mean, yeah, I know. And I think, you know, it's it's like whenever I talk to somebody, if they're ever feeling discouraged or they're down, you know, I really encourage them to look at how can you give to somebody else. Whatever it is that you want, if you're lonely, then, you know, lend an ear, spend time with somebody else who's lonely. If you're, you want more love in your life or whatever it is that you want, look for how you can give it to other people and watch your life change. That, that is absolute truth. I mean, I can witness to that in my own life. That's exactly that's exactly the prescription that yeah. my husband gave me right before he was leaving Earth. And he mm-hmm. said, it's going to be hard, but when you think about others, it'll be easy. Wow. And I really didn't understand the magnitude of it, but as I've been going through that process, it is so true. And that's yeah. why it's it, it's habit-forming. The more you give, the more you want to give. That's right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are so many benefits. Um, you know, we feel better. We're in better health. Um, it's even good for our pocketbook, which um, some people listening to this may be interested in. Right. <laughs> Sir John Templeton, who was a billionaire and had been called one of the greatest financial investors, or investment advisors of the 20th century. And he was asked all the time, what's your best financial advice for how you, you know, built this this uh, enormous amount of wealth? So here he is, one of the top financial experts in the world. And do you know what he said? Then one word, the key, the secret that to prosperity was giving. He actually said tithing. He said, I've never known anyone who has tithed at least 10% of their income to good causes who didn't have it coming back tenfold. Just reaching out and helping others brings that energy back to you. And he went on to say, don't wait until you have a lot of money. Reach out and help someone now. That's the trick right there. That is it. Let me just uh, let our listeners know you're listening to our show, Ready, Set, Retire. And Cynthia Kersey is telling us about giving and how to be an unstoppable giver. Right. Um, it just This would be a good moment maybe to pause and tell everybody how they can get in contact. I know you're not finished yet, but I just want to make sure. that. Yeah. Well, I'm the thank you, thank you, Chris. Um, I'm the founder and chief humanitarian officer for the Unstoppable Foundation. So you can get all sorts of information about my work and the work that we're doing in the world. It's unstoppablefoundation.org. Great, great. Thank you. Well, yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I I was just in tears when I watched your presentation. I've seen you many times, and I'm so moved by your work. So. Um, so, okay, back back to it's good for your pocketbook and getting into tithing. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to give an, an example of that because I have a friend, uh, Lisa Jimenez, and she is a coach, and she would coach people on different aspects of their lives, and, and one of them was as a financial piece. And so each month they would come up with a goal and an intention and um, and then they would work towards that goal financially. And so the third week into this particular month, nobody had met their financial goal. 
And so she thought, you know what, let's just kind of shift this a little bit. And she said, I want you to really think about what would this goal make possible? If you could reach this goal, how could you contribute? How could you give above and beyond what you normally give to make a difference in the life of someone else? And so they all started really thinking about, well, if I you know, made this money, what could I do? And they started actually getting excited. The, the energy shifted. And the next week they came back and they were blown away. You know, they, because of the, the idea that they were focusing on something that was not just them, it was something that, was, uh, that they could contribute to someone else, they made phone calls and, and resources came to them. And, and uh, a week later, half of the people reached their goal and three people actually outperformed the goal, and one of them tripled their goal. They financially had met their goal by tripling it. And all they did, all they changed, was what was the reason behind the goal? Like how could they give above and beyond what they were already doing? And, you know, we could spend weeks actually there are so many books about the power of giving and i've met so many people who've told me how their life has been changed um, because of giving and certainly mine has as well and i think the key thing about giving is that the only way we can ever experience prosperity is through giving Right? People can't really experience their own wealth, whether it's a dollar or a billion dollars, until they're asked to share it. And by sharing their wealth, even if it's meager by other people's standards, gives people an opportunity to access their prosperity, access their generosity, access their heart. And so if you have a billion dollars, think about it, and you're holding on to it for dear life, it's impossible to experience true prosperity. Right. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Good uh, stuff. Yeah. Lynn Twist says, uh, this, uh, Lynn is just a, a dear friend and mentor of mine, she says, giving is one of the most sacred things we can do because it's the reallocation of financial resources away from spending, consumption, and fear, and moving it towards that which we love. And in doing so, it's not only a gift to others, it's a gift to ourselves. Beautiful. Well put. Well put, Lynn. Really. So we have that giving is it makes you feel good, it's good for your health, it's good for your pocketbook. That's right. And the final point that I want to share today is that it the it the world needs our gifts. You know, when you look at um, all of the things that it benefits us, there are people around the world that are listening to this call that uh, that that people could benefit from your gifts, from your knowledge, from your love, from your support. You know, I was. Um, Back in 2006, I was invited to a rural African women conference in East Africa. And I, 
you know, it was a crazy thing. I knew one person going. I really didn't even know the purpose of the conference. All they told me was that women from North America were going to go to East Africa and hear the stories of women in Africa. That was it. But for whatever reason, I felt compelled to say yes to that. And so I I, uh, rearranged my schedule. I bought a ticket and uh, went to Kenya and was struck by, you know, we were met by the 400 women who had walked miles, you know, some of them days, to meet with us and uh, and share their stories. And the thing about it is these women, you know, they never get a day off. When you look about what they do, you know, they're hauling water, they're hauling firewood, they're uh, preparing food when they have it for their families and but but just even getting the water every day is a matter of survival and yet um they walked to come and meet with us because they had some very important things that they wanted to learn and they asked us questions like you know how do we uh, preserve our food in times of drought how do we treat our children who are getting malaria and the number one question they had was how do we get our children in education Because without it, they knew their children had no hope for a real future. And as I was sitting with these women, I was very taken by the injustice of it, that just by virtue of where we were born, where they were born, you know, determined whether or not they had a hope of an inspiring future. And I fell in love with them, and I promised them that I would do something. And I came back to... Uh, Los Angeles, and I started doing some research and, and, and got very quickly that uh, and even according to the United Nations, education has a larger impact than any form of help or aid that we can give. And so uh, I had a, I decided, all right, I'm going to do, you know, something around education, but I still didn't know what that would look like. And um, in actually almost six years ago now, I was turning 50, and I thought uh, for my birthday I would turn it into a fundraiser. And so that made me excited about my birthday. And I invited a lot of people. We ended up raising $80,000. It helped fund two schools in Uganda. And that was the beginning for me. Hmm. And um, I've now been doing this, you know, almost six years. And like you said, I mean, we are the amount of schools. I mean, it's now over six thousand children are getting an education and ac- access to clean water, health care. The model that we fund is called Sponsor a Village, and the reason that's important is because if you're in a community and you build a school, but you don't provide access to clean water, the little girls aren't in school because they're hauling water all day. And the children get sick because one out of five children die of waterborne illnesses before the age of five. So they're either sick or the girls aren't there because they're fetching them. If you don't take care of their health needs, obviously they're too sick to be able to learn. If you, you know, don't give them, um, uh, uh, it's clean water, it's health care, it's food and nutrition, a, a nutritious meal every day so their bellies are full and they can study. And then the final thing is to teach the parents how to generate an income because, you know, you can still bring things in, but if the community cannot sustain it, it won't last. 
And so we've been funding a model called Sponsor a Village where we go in and uh, not just build a school, but provide the other pillars that enable families and communities to stop that cycle, that backbreaking cycle of poverty and lift themselves out of poverty so that it is a sustainable solution. Right. That is so cool. So do you have a way that people can participate? And Yeah. Thank you. Well, there's a few ways that people can, can participate. Number one, um, uh, one thing that I found is, you know, I had a birthday party, and, and people said, you know, it was the most inspiring birthday party they'd ever come to. And other people wanted to do it as well, but maybe they don't want to rent a restaurant or maybe they don't want to go to the extent that I went to. So we created a platform called arighttolearn.org, A-Right, R-I-G-H-T, to learn.org. And it's a place where for your birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or any day, you might say, you know what, I want to do something. I want to make a difference. I want to... Um, you know, use a special day to bring an education to a child who has no future without it. And so we've made it really easy. It's got all the tools, everything you need to literally send out some emails to friends and say, you know what, for my birthday, for this anniversary, don't get me a gift. <laughs> you know, help us bring an education to a child in need. And so the uh, Right to Learn platform is an easy way where anybody listening can make an immediate difference in the life of a child. So you can you could raise the money to sponsor a child for a year, or you could raise enough money to sponsor a village. You know, so it's three hundred sixty-five dollars for one year that brings an education and all of those um, five pillars that we talked about to a uh, a child, all the way up to twenty-five thousand, which sponsors an entire village. Um, so that's one way that you can do it. Another way is maybe you just want to make a donation. If you, you know, from $20 to whatever the number is, whatever would inspire you. And if you want to do that, just go to unstoppablefoundation.org forward slash donate. You'll see the donate button on the site. And you can just make a donation, either a one-time donation or a monthly donation. Again, um, understanding uh, and I think one reason that the, our foundation is so successful is, you know, they're able to really see, especially when you sponsor a village or you're part of that, you know, after the village is complete, they get a picture of the school and the children, and you can actually see the impact that's happened because of your support. Right, right. That's, that's amazing. Dad, did you say you had something set up for people with businesses? Well, yeah, the thing with businesses, so so it's really an individual level. So maybe you want to tithe. Maybe you want to uh, do an, a right-to-learn campaign with your community. So if you've got a business and you've got customers or you've got employees or you've got a community, you can invite people to um, sponsor a village together. I mean, I speak, you've seen me speak at lots of different events where people said, listen, you know, I'm inspired by what you're doing and we've got this community or this event and we want to invite people to participate. And people love the opportunity to be able to give back. Right. Absolutely. Well, I'm so inspired by all of it. And, again, that's the right to earn. You can go right there and that will give you everything you need to be able to to do that, right? Yes, a right to org, And you can also go to Unstoppable foundation 
dot org, and you'll see the um, you'll see the uh, the you can also access it from that site as well. Right. Excellent. So we have a couple minutes left here. Is there any little cherry on the top you want to tell everybody? Well, I just again want to encourage people that. Um, you know, giving is, there's such a blessing to be able to give. And so when you're looking at where you are in your life in this coming year, it's like, you know, how can you contribute? How can you live? How can you use your voice, your talent, your time, your money to make a difference in the world? And by doing that and bringing giving into your life on a regular basis, um, it it shifts your vibration. You you become happier. You become a magnet. People like to be around people who give and who uh, are of service. And again, it's not the giving that is onerous or feeling an obligation, but it's something that gives you joy. And if you do that and you just do a little bit, like one little thing every single day, over a week, over a month, and over a year, your life will completely transform. Absolutely. And it and it really is so true. And but there is something about giving from the heart without you know, well I'm gonna give so I can get this, but really giving right. from the heart, right? Oh absolutely. Yeah. Yes, giving without expectation, just giving for the sheer joy of knowing, you know, of the of the opportunity to give and really what that makes possible for someone else. Well, this is such a great opportunity that you've created to help others to be able to give. And I really, really am so glad to have you on our show and share all this great information. And again, everybody can go to Unstoppable, right? UnstoppableFoundation.org. .org. There you go. Right. And reach out to you. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Well, thank you for, for inviting me and for the great work that you're doing, Chris. Thank you. Many blessings to you, Cynthia. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Found out you can't take the curve at 85. My whole life flashed before my eyes. I brace myself to leave this world behind As a million questions raced across my mind Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live? 
Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? can be a voice of inspiration and my story finds you well cause when the curtain falls there ain't no second chances and you don't want to ask yourself did I live did I love did I matter to someone did I give everything I had to give did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? Did I matter?